your head out of the clouds Get your feet back on the ground Get stuck into pop culture We'd stick around Hello there and welcome to Stick Around. The podcast that subscribes to the life philosophy of Akuna Matata. Akuna Matata. What a wonderful phrase. Akuna Matata. Ain't no passing craze. It means no worries for the rest of your days. It's our problem free philosophy. Brought to you by Fantastic Breasts and Where to Find Them, the Pornhub-funded porn parody. Hint, you can find them at pornhub.com. <laughs> I like that. I mean, it's not much of a hint. That's just a straight, straight-up giveaway there, Al. Well, yeah, I mean, porn, Pornhub didn't want people to go to other porn websites, so... I see. Right. Um, you know... They want it's basically it's it's a kind of fantastic beast themed porn parody. Um, you'll find all kinds of weird, inter beast, slightly bestial sex in there. I'm not sure how illegal that is, but with it being magical, non-existent creatures, you know, I'm sure it's fine. Yeah, the laws are less less strict on that, I imagine. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, it is people just dressed as weird creatures, so okay. Um, you're here for films episode. Who knows? Less rude this week. Um, I'm Alex Wayne, and this is Clive Fisher. Ahoy, hi. Um, we, we've got we've got a got a few films to talk about still. Uh, considering this is now weekly, um, it's been pretty consistent. I think we've both got two again this week. Yeah, um, I watched one uh, last night actually, late at night, eleven o'clock. I'm a dedicated man. Wow. Okay. Uh, until... <laughs> So that's the second one I'm going to be talking about. Okay. Um, yeah, I've got two. I've got one which is a cinema release and one that was a Netflix new release. Yeah, interesting discussion to be had. But first, we're going to start with you, Clive. Okay. Oh, cool. actually, no, we're missing out on our new Yeah, we're missing news- out on our new segment. Our new Hang on, segment. Let, me do a little, Sorry. I'll, let me do a little jingle. I don't know what. I've not thought of this. Um <laughs> It's news time. <laughs> okay, so uh, probably the big news and referenced in our Kuna Matata tagline is the trailer for the new Lion King film, which is the latest in a series of films by Disney, kind of um, almost, I don't know what you'd call it, but a kind of like retrofitting old I think I'd films. call it the Disney has run out of ideas canon. Yeah, so I mean, they've done it with Jungle Book, they've done it with Cinderella, um, they've done it with Beauty and the Beast. I'm probably missing some there. Um, well, yeah, I, I'm not. You are right. They've definitely run out of ideas. Um, but I'm not totally against it. I don't know why, because the Jungle Book was Jungle Book was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, I was being cynical. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's kind of weird because it's kind of pointless. Because it's like we're just doing the same film again, but with nice, pretty graphics. Mm. Uh, but also, I'm excited to hear the music, and it does look really gorgeous from the uh, trailer. Um, and I think the music's going to be epic in the cinema, as it was in Jungle Book. So <laughs> I'll certainly be down. It's got a really good cast as well. So it's got like um, Donald Glover plays Simba. You've got uh, James Earl Jones is back as Mufasa. You've I was going to uh, say whoever's whoever's Mufasa, that voice. Oh my god! No, yeah, same guy. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, it was amazing. You, 
You've got... Um, I don't know why they didn't bring back Jeremy Irons for Scar, but they, they've gone for Chiwetel Ejiofor, who I'm sure is going to do a great job anyway. Um, you've got Timon and Pumba, that's some inspired casting. They've gone for Billy Eichner. Do you know him? Um, I don't by name. I might know him by... He's he's, he's flamboyantly camp, but hilarious. Um, he's known, I think, mainly for American Horror Story, but other things as well. Okay. And then they've got Seth Rogen as Pumba, which I can definitely see. Yeah, that'll work. Uh, they've got John Oliver um, as Zazu, which who was played by Rowan Atkinson in the original, so that, that really works as well. And they've got uh, Beyonce playing Nala, um, which again oh. I can see. It's, it's a good cast, I feel. Yeah, that sounds really good, yeah, definitely. I think it looks promising, it looks beautiful. Um, it's a film with amazing music, and I mean, it's got a good story, so can't really go wrong. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I've got total confidence that it's at least going to be pretty good. Yeah, so... Maybe not amazing, pretty, but... I think you'd have to do pretty badly to mess it up, wouldn't you, to be honest? Yeah, exactly. Um, the other bit of news we've got this week is another Toy Story tip bit. Uh, never one to be outdone by its Disney-owned counterpart. Uh, <laughs> Keanu Reeves, he of, the, um, he of The Matrix and Bill and Ted has a part in Toy Story 4, but nobody's sure what the part is. Indeed. Um, yeah, it's a bit, a bit of a slow news week, as you might have guessed. But um, <laughs> this, is, this is about all I could dig out. Yeah, um, in- interesting. So we'll see, I imagine I've got a feeling he's going to be that new thing. No, 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 no. That, oh, no. That's played by, um, I forget the name of the actor, but he's Buster from Arrested Development plays Sporky. Oh, Sporky. right. Uh, okay. No, not Keanu Reeves. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know what he's doing. but Maybe he's going to play the new villain. Yeah, I could maybe see that, but I could just see him being some whacked out toy. Um, it's like permanently a little bit high almost. I could see that, but we'll see. Is it Keanu Reeves who's supposed to be a super nice guy? Oh, yeah, he, he's supposed to be lovely, but like he's yeah. quite strange, I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I thought it was him. I can't remember. I remember being surprised when I heard it. I don't know why. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, well, that's it. It's all good. I'm... You know, brings brings up the uh, Toy Story hype. I'm excited for it. I think they're both coming out in summer 2019. These two, aren't they? I um, believe so. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. so it's going to be should be a good summer, which is exciting. I don't know. What, do you know what else is on the old Pixar radar? I've not. Um, nothing that I'm aware of. Um, okay. I think generally they tend to make two films at once, though. So I'm sure they probably do have something in development. I'm hoping it's not another sequel, though. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Because in yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like the Toy Story sequels have been great, um, but you've got you get things like Finding Dory. I didn't think was that that good, really. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll see, really. Um, like nobody wants another Cars film, that's for sure. Um, yeah, that is definitely for sure. I mean, it wasn't even that good to start with. So <laughs> no, pretty terrible, really. Um, yeah. Yeah, Dory. Dory was okay. It's just not as Incredibles was was decent, but it's just not as interesting. I just like them coming up with new ideas because that's when it's like really good, like Inside Out. Yeah, and well, like yeah, that's things like that. Probably the best one they've ever done, I think. But um, cool, right? Okay, well, we'll go to the bit where I try to j- jump the gun on earlier. Clive, what have you got for us? <laughs> um, right. Well, I'm going to start with um, a film called Disobedience, which has just come out in cinemas. Um, I went to see it a couple of days ago which is a film directed by Sebastian Lelio and uh, based on the novel of the same name by Naomi Alderman. It stars Rachel Weisz, uh, Rachel McAdams and Alessandro Nivola, among others. 
Um, it tells the story of Ronit, who has um, lived away from her family in New York for, for many years. Her, her family lives in London. The rest of her family lives in North London, it seems. Um, as she returns to the Orthodox Jewish community she grew up in, in North London, for her father's funeral. It becomes clear early on that there's kind of a strange atmosphere surrounding her return and that she left both because she wanted to, but also because she was seemingly forced out of the community. Um, it's not a secret to say that there's a there's a le- lesbian relationship between Adams and Wise character central to the film. It's on the poster. Um, <laughs> and a lot of the, the film is about how they kind of have to hide their love for each other, both because of the fact that Adams' character is now married to Esty, um, sorry, Adam's character Esty is now married to jo- Joseph, um, a prominent man at the local synagogue. He's like the sort of head of the synagogue's prodigy, shall we say? Um, and the three of them, Esty, Joseph, and um, oh, I forgot, Ronit, who's coming back, they were sort of childhood friends growing up. <clears throat> so Esty and Joseph have now got married. But um, the other complication is obviously the fact that this um, relationship is frowned upon by the community, um, which is a very strict Orthodox Jewish community. The film, like we keep saying, is a fascinating insight into a world I know very little about, which is um, something I always really like. Like my kind of one experience, like actual life experience of of Judaism, is when I was travelling in I can't remember. I think it was in Colombia. I was couch surfing with someone and their friend had um, just had someone die in their family and they were Jewish. So they were going through a sort of Jewish mourning um, sort of what they do to mourn, basically. And I went into the house and it was, you know, all the cushions had been taken off the sofas um, all sort of comforts had been removed. As far as I know, they weren't allowed to wash. Um, but the whole fam- family was kind of in this one house. And it was definitely one of the more interesting experiences of my life. There were both positives and negatives, in my opinion. But it was that's kind of my only really ex- real experience of um, Judaism up close, shall we say. But so it's good to see uh, to flesh that out a bit in this film. Although I know obviously that this film may not be entirely accurate. It's a great sort of show of the conflicts arising from following a faith, but also trying to form your own ideas. That's what I took from it. Rachel Weisz is extraordinary in the main role. I keep um, having these films where I think the the main person is absolutely amazing. And I don't know if Rachel Weisz has possibly trumped them all here, but um, she's absolutely fabulous. She's certainly on par with a lot of the uh, recent ones that I've been praising. She she is excellent in, in everything, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. Um, she's just infinitely watchable and makes what could have been, I think, like a slightly slow, at times a bit boring uh, film, which is something that I don't I don't generally get bored by films. But I know I watched this with Beck and Cable, and I think they might have done, had she not been so engaging. Um she just makes this really kind of slow film really engaging throughout and you're just constantly kind of like she's just captivating and it's not in a overly dramatic way she just has something about her that's that is really really captivating she's a strong character someone who's kind of cut herself off from her family because of her beliefs and who refuses to bow to them on returning um she's kind of a bull in a china shop wherever she goes in this community but like i've said a lot more subtly than that um, kind of makes it sound I thought this was excellent. I really, really like this film. There's a kind of underlying sort of unease to it. It almost has, at times, slightly psychological thriller elements, I suppose, although not as pronounced as you'd expect from that genre. And it definitely, the, the director creates this. He has, it just brilliantly creates the atmosphere in this house that she returns to. And you can just kind of, it's really palpable, even though without any dialogue, he just manages to uh, kind of show what that would be like, um, just in the body language of the people and how they react to her return and how they kind of, they're 
seem on the surface to be friendly and let her, letting her stay and stuff, but you can kind of see that below the surface they're not all too happy about the situation. Um, those kind of things, I think, are portrayed really well. It's, like I say, a really interesting insight into the kind of... the How, you know, things are moving on in terms of, in this case, gay relationships and certain religions are still a bit behind in that. And um, especially, I, f- I find, the more strict and orthodox... Um, things are the more behind they are with those kind of things although like I say I don't consider myself in any way or someone who knows a lot about religion in any sense um, because I was much very much brought up by a very atheist dad um, a very atheist stepdad and a mum who uh, she's yeah I I, I think and not necessarily an atheist mum but doesn't necessarily believe in any of the specific religions (laughs) if you know Mm. what I mean yeah um so, yeah, I've not been exposed to a lot of that kind of stuff and I don't really, um, put, like, just to be completely honest, understand a lot of it. But, yeah, I can... It certainly doesn't... In my opinion, it doesn't look at it as, like, oh, these people are all backwards and blah, blah, blah. Like, it kind of makes you see it from their point of view as well, a little bit. Although you are mainly, definitely, in um, seeing it from the point of view of Rachel Weisz's character who is the, you know, who is the character who's been booted out and has moved on and probably has values more aligning to your own watching the film. I imagine that'd be true of most people watching the film. I wouldn't be surprised if this, I haven't read up much about it, I wouldn't be surprised if this film caused a bit of controversy within the communities it kind of uh, depicts, but I'm not sure about that. And I wonder if that was something to do with them, because I think this came out in America like a long time ago. (laughs) So it's taken a long time to come over, Mm. um, which I thought was surprising. But yeah, I think it was. I think it came out in 2017. This in America, so we're now at the back end of 2018. And it's just coming out here. So, but yeah, I'd really recommend everyone go and see it. It is. It's one that you could watch at home after. Um, I wouldn't say cinema is absolutely crucial, although it is very well shot, and you certainly benefit just like anything from going to see it in the cinema. But you'll certainly still get a lot from it uh, from going at home. Maybe just that kind of sort of sense of unease and stuff that. Um, is really well portrayed in the film, will be slightly less if you're watching it at home. But yeah, I thought it was fantastic. I'd recommend everyone go check it out. Um, I think I think I'd heard of this, but um, I don't think it's been on at the cinema anywhere around here anyway, because it would have been something I'd have probably seen. Um, but yeah, it sounds pretty interesting. I think I'm probably going to have to wait for it to arrive on some streaming service, but um, it sounds really good. I mean, I, I like Rachel Weisz and I really like Rachel McAdams as well, so that, you know, it's and it's a good concept by the sounds of it. Yeah, it's certainly not one that I've seen um, like cover before, and I thought it was really really interesting. And um, yeah, the the only cinema it's at here is the like most we've got kind of four cinemas here in Sheffield. We're kind of spoiled for choice. Um, the only one it's at is the most indie of them all. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if it's getting a very wide release. I think I'd probably have to go to Newcastle to see it then, which isn't necessarily a problem, but. Um, you know, because I work up there, but I, I would have to go directly after work if I was going to do something like that, I think. Well, I'd certainly recommend it. I think you'd like it a lot. Cool. Um, right, well, it's my turn now for a film. Now, sure we're gonna, is. We're going to go from really indie to really, really, <laughs> really mainstream. Um, I'm going to be reviewing Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, I think, or maybe Grindelwald. Not really sure, going for the German I think the first pronunciation... Yeah, I like the German one that you did there. We'll go for the German one. Okay. (laughs) So this is the follow-up to the 2016 film Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Uh, It's a Harry Potter universe film. Um, Stars uh, Eddie Redmayne, Catherine Waterston, 
Dan Fogler, Alison Sadol, Ezra Miller, Zoe Kravitz, Callum Turner, uh, Jude Law, and controversially Johnny Depp. It's directed by David Yates again, who also did a lot of the Harry Potter films. Um, it's set in the Wizarding World, Harry Potter, um, but it's it's a, a kind of a prequel of sorts. So it's set in the 1920s, 1930s, and it focuses on the character Newt Scamander, who is a magic zoologist as such, who has a travelling case where he keeps his tremendous amount of you know weird magical creatures. Now, the first film focused on him and those creatures and him accidentally letting them loose in New York City and then getting intertwined by some dark mystical forces. This one, very much more a kind of standard Harry Potter setup. And kind of, there's a very dark wizard, Grindelwald, played by Johnny Depp. Um, he's on the loose and he's trying to recruit this un- untapped dark force in a Credence Barebone, played by Ezra Miller. And uh, th- this one's set in Paris rather than New York. The first one was actually surprisingly good. Um, I remember going in thinking it was a really bad idea. Um, and it was charming, actually. Um, Eddie Redmayne is very... I, I don't know, he plays this character who is socially awkward, but n- not an irritant. Um, and I, I felt like it was generally charming, quite exciting, really, and I thought everything worked. So... Massively disappointed to say that this one is total trash, really. Um, oh, no. Um, I really didn't enjoy it at all. Um, and I'll tell you why. Without, well, I'll do my best, at least, without spoiling it. I honestly feel that when J.K. Rowling was re- writing this, she didn't have an editor. I don't think she had anybody to tell her no, because th- this is so convoluted, full of stuff that is absolutely unnecessary, not just to the general plot, but you know, just contradictory to the, the first film. That it, my, my head was spinning watching it. Um, so much of the film just introduces new characters in suddenly for no apparent reason. Then it kind of wraps up their story again for no apparent reason. I think the film attempts to drop in kind of red herrings, you know, false flags, and then tries to get you at, at the end of the film instead. But all it leaves you feeling is that, you know, what was the point in that? Um, you know, it's, it's a whole plot point that was unnecessary, not very entertaining, confusing, and just you know, overwritten to the nth degree. And particularly at the end of the film, there's a character who appears to, if you if you will, go to the dark side, and you're thinking, eh? You know, what? You've set up this character to be one thing, and fair enough, you know, characters are allowed, you know, twist, you know, people are allowed to change their minds, but you've got to give me a reason as to why that's happened, a proper reason. You've got to, you know, you've got to build up to that. It's just bad writing, really. Um... And I wish I could lay the blame at anybody else, but you've got to give that to J.K. Rowling because there's nothing wrong with the direction. It looks gorgeous. The action scenes are still entertaining. I've seen much worse films than this. And the performances are, are pretty good, actually, except for, I would have to say, Johnny Depp, who... Um, and I'm not just saying this because of his contra- controversial edition. I've never been a fan of his, to be honest with you. I've always thought he was an over-actor. But the rest of the the cast are excellent. I think Jude Law as a young Dumbledore is excellent. Actually, he really has that um, that twinkle, if you like, that that charm to him. But yeah, the plot in this is bizarre, um, totally convoluted. Uh, you could have lost about forty minutes of this film, and it would have been a better film. Still, wouldn't have been great, but it would have been a lot better. Um, 
And I'm, I'm amazed that this got past, you know, other pr- people producing the film. Uh, the only conclusion I can come to is that J.K. Rowling had such power, had nobody to tell her no. Everybody just went, yep, we'll make loads of money on this, doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> put it out there. And I don't think she's... I, I think she's really tried hard on this, so I don't think it's coming from a place of laziness. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's coming from a place of, you know... Um, where she doesn't care about her own work anymore. I think she really cares. I think she really put in a lot of effort. But she's just, you know, this is a this is a real own goal in my opinion. Very disappointed. I'm not angry, just very disappointed. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. That's kind of a yeah, I was kind of excited to watch the first one to then go and uh, see this, but it sounds like I should still watch the first one, but maybe yeah, uh, wait the, for this to just come out on uh, <laughs> something else. The first one actually pretty much stands by itself. I don't think I don't think you'll feel like you have to continue watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is really good. Um, I, it, it's hard for me to go into this without, you know, talking spoilers. But um, there's just certain plot deviations where I'm thinking to myself, why? Like, why are you on this film? Mm-hmm. Like, it seems to get lost in its own folklore where um, they'll bring in a character who has the same surname as somebody in the Harry Potter films, and they go oh, you didn't know this about them. And then it's like, well, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, we didn't. But like, it's not really relevant to the main plot. It's not very interesting. Um, and now I'm just confused. And oh, no, we're not there anymore. Um, yeah, just, oh, it's, it's just poorly written. Um, and what's so disappointing is, like I said, Jude Law is perfectly cast. It's younger uh, Dumbledore and um, the rest of the cast are really good as well um, as I said with perhaps the exception of Johnny Depp and there's actually a really good message in it so it seems to be setting up the idea of kind of a wizarding Nazi basically who is um, Grindelwald is against all muggles basically feels like the wizarding world should be ruling them but by the end of the film the message he's sending out is is eerily similar to the anti-immigrant message that you might get in today's world, where mm-hmm. it's like, I, you know, I don't hate the muggle slash immigrant. I don't blame them for wanting to be free of us, but they should know their place. You know, this is our world, things like that. And it's, we're non-violent when, when it's not true. And I think the message is fundamentally a sound one and coming from a really good place, which makes the fact that the film itself makes no sense all the more disappointing. You know, if this was just... Um, really throwaway stuff. And if, if I didn't think that she was capable of better, I would be less disappointed as well. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I went with Nicola and, and she quite liked it, but um, I, I, I'm very disappointed. I just didn't think it worked at all. That's disappointing. That is disappointing. Um, I was expecting it to be good. You know what I mean? Not amazing, but... <laughs> Yeah, but decent. It sounds like it's dropped well below that. And there was there was a, a bit of a controversy before the the start of the film that um, one of the characters called Nagini, who is a woman who transforms into a snake at will, but eventually will be forced to stay as the snake form, and Nagini becomes um, Lord Voldemort's pet snake, basically in mm. the in the later films. And there was a bit of controversy that um, they'd picked a. I believe she's a Korean actress, or an Indonesian actress for that, um, because it's based on some Indonesian folklore. But I don't know, there was some, in my opinion, a bit of a fault controversy about the fact that they'd chosen to uh, go for, you know, a traditionally, you know, subdued Asian woman. Um, and it really didn't come up in the film at all, though. It was, again, it was one of these things where 
a kind of little Easter egg that had been thrown in for fans. And it, it didn't really mean anything. Ultimately, I think that's always a problem with films like this, kind of prequels, where everybody tries to make everything fit with the, the later films. And it's like, oh, you didn't know this about this guy. And, oh, that was actually really important to this. And then it becomes this whole thing of where everything in this vast universe is somehow connecting, which makes no sense. Because why can't the character just be a separate character? Why mm. do they have to, you know, be somebody's uncle or somebody's um, that person killed that person or you didn't know that about that, about that person? And it's it just makes these vast universes so small and it's just it's it's just overwritten and it serves often to undermine the original uh, the original piece of work in my opinion and I just I, I don't like this and to be honest with you I'm generally speaking against prequels I think even when they aren't direct prequels like this um, I just don't think they work I mean can you think of an idea can you think of an example of a prequel that you really liked. <laughs> not off the top of my head I can think of ones that I thought were alright but yeah you're right I've never thought of one of being like yeah this is exactly what we needed um, I mean I don't mind the concept as long as it doesn't try like I said try and link everything up I just think um, you know let things stand on, you can set something in the same universe or you can you can tell an origin story without negatively impacting the original um, yeah definitely uh, like, like I said, this one, very disappointing, I'm afraid. Oh, that is disappointing. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'll probably still watch it when it comes out on uh, Netflix or whatever or something. Yeah. Something or other. But, um, yeah, that's sad because I was kind of excited to uh, to go and watch that. Um, well, my next one is not a disappointment to be uh, spoilerific. Because um, we, we we've to... just had one negative, now we need <laughs> two positives. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know whether your next one will be that, but um, I can vouch for this one being a positive. And um, this is the one I watched last night at eleven o'clock. It's called Western, which makes it uh, rather hard to search for because everything that just comes up with Western films uh, is in the genre rather than the actual film. Um, which is a film that came out early this year. It's now uh, you can rent it now, so it must have come out a few months ago. It's directed by Valeska Griesbach. Um, it's about a group of german construction workers that go and work in the bulgarian countryside it mainly follows our protagonist uh, meinhard as he tries to go to know tries to get to know the locals in the small village that they're outside of but the rest of the um, camp aren't quite as kind of uh, friendly and open to this it stars meinhard uh, neumann as meinhard um, reinhardt wetrek as vincent who is the kind of boss of meinhard's company you know no nonsense boss uh, power greedy type uh, type guy um also Suleiman Alilov Letifov um who plays Adrian sorry if I've pronounced that terribly wrong I may well have done who is kind of the uh, seems to be the, the guy that does a lot of the the deals for the village um knows a lot about what's going on um you know knows everyone in terms of oh if you want some of this you can go there that that kind of guy in the village and uh, Vanetta Fragnova who plays uh, Vanetta who's a, a little bit of a love love interest in the film on arrival, it's clear that the, the language barrier is going to cause problems, uh, as when the Germans first bump into the Bulgarians, they're very suspicious of each other's intentions. Um, it was actually interesting for me watching this film, because obviously it is, um, the film is in German and Bulgarian. I had to have the subtitles on because I couldn't uh, just have the subtitles for the Bulgarian. That didn't seem to be an option. Um, and also, my German probably isn't quite up to snuff. 
uh, work out exactly what um, all the sort of slang and stuff that they were, they were using was. But um, it was interesting for me because I could obviously understand the Germans uh, pretty damn well and couldn't understand the Bulgarians at all because I don't know any Bulgarians. So I had a little bit more of an immersive experience, I feel like that, because it does obviously follow mainly Meinhard, a German character. And so I could kind of feel the what they were feeling more so than someone who probably just doesn't know either language. Meinhard is a gentle observer throughout much of the film. He's the guy who kind of sits back and watches what's going on, but doesn't contribute all that much vocally when the Germans are kind of on breaks and having beers and joking around, for example. He's also the most curious one. The rest are happy to just kind of stick to themselves, uh, hang about in the camp, get you know get the construction work done that they're doing, and then uh, chill out in the evening with a few beers, whereas Meinhard kind of makes an early venture into the village to try and make friends with locals, despite his um, lack of Bulgarian. His ability to, to make some friends in the w- village winds up his boss, who I've just talked about, Vincent, who's not kind of sure whose side uh, Meinhard is on now when there's a sort of dispute relating to water and all that kind of stuff. He, Vincent's approach to try and impress locals is very much, look at my power, I could build you this, uh, which <laughs> they find much less impressive than Meinhard's just kind of like slightly more man-of-the-people approach of just like, hey, I'm just going to go and chat to these people. Um, it's... Uh, deliberately, I don't want to talk too much more about the plot, even though I don't think if he talks about the plot, it would spoil it, because I don't think that's almost... The, 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 the plot's not really the main thing, main attraction to the film. Um, it's a deliberately slow film. It Fitting in with the kind of slow lifestyle out in the countryside, it's really well shot with some kind of gorgeous shots of the countryside and a way of following Meinhard around that immerses us in his world. The performances are great. Meinhard, in particular, is the highlight. He's in pretty much every scene off the top of my head i can think of one scene where he's not involved in some way and it pretty much just follows him around in your kind of you know living the film in his shoes he plays this quiet observer like i've mentioned and he plays it better than anyone i could imagine really i think he's just absolutely perfect for the role i really like the film a lot i think it has a lot to say about prejudice and about that kind of immediate distrust of when someone is a bit different and but also kind of about the common humanity in all of us the fact that Meinhard can build uh, these good relationships with people he can barely understand, um, I think, shows a lot of that. And yeah, I thought it was pretty wonderful. And the, the central kind of power struggle of uh, Meinhard and Vincent keeps you hooked throughout. And I think is what gives the film its title of Western. It does have that kind of uh, feel of a Western, Al. So I think you would like this a lot. Okay. Um, <laughs> it definitely has that kind of sl- slightly lower key, I suppose, but... It definitely has that feel to it. And yeah, it's a film that I would definitely recommend. Another another foreign film that I've really liked this year. This yeah, this is really, really good. Everyone should go and seek it out. Like I say, it is available to rent, so it's pretty easy to watch now and well worth the price of admission, I would say. It is the type of film that I think some people would find a bit boring because it's not like I say, it's not a plotty film necessarily. Things happen, but it's more about you know the reactions that the characters have to these to these certain events and the, how they interact with each other and the the situation rather than the actual plot if you know what i mean don't know how to it's a very slice of lifey type film right excellent yeah I, again this is one i hadn't this isn't one i'd heard of if i'm honest um it's it's how do you, how you may have mentioned this at the start of the review and maybe i've missed it but how did you find out about this um, I believe it was on, I keep up to date with, there's usually a Guardian's list of, because I can't find, it's very hard to find a, a list of uh, 2018 releases for UK. Um, for America, it's like dead easy, uh, yeah. best of 2018, but they're American releases and they're always relevant to us. Um, whereas uh, the Guardian does one that it updates, I think it usually starts in like June and then updates every month. Um, so I usually keep a good eye on that. And this was, I think, one of those that was on there. 
So I try to I try to watch as many of those as I can, and there's usually a few interesting foreign films in there that I wouldn't have heard of otherwise, because they they are quite hard to to, to seek out. I think um, to yeah, they, they te- I tend to need to hear um, well maybe a list like that or um, you know maybe a review somewhere to for me to even hear about films like this. Uh, this will be one I'll be seeking out actually. H- how much did it cost you to rent? Um, I think it was three fifty off the top of my head. Well, so that, that's a <laughs> so, bargain, really. So you know. So. And I, I trust your judgment. So I think I'm going to rent that one. I think it's definitely worth supporting uh, indie stuff like this. Yeah. And Absolutely. Another another female director. I know we've uh, we talked about that last time, and yeah, another another excellent film. So it's good that that's uh, because seems to be becoming more of a thing. Long may it continue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I, I don't know if it's just that the really quality female directors are getting work, but there seems to be a, the, the proportion of good female directors to female directors seems to be extremely high. Um, like I said, my top two of the year female directed, um, and the not, neither film you know would be prejudiced or stereotyped as a female type film as well which just goes to show it, it's it's totally irrelevant you know you know mm. you can make any type of film regardless of your gender yeah absolutely i mean this one follows a man around uh, for the, the entirety of it. it's very much from a male viewpoint i'd say so yeah, yeah. i think that just proves that point <laughs> but yeah smashing excellent right okay well my second one is um a netflix exclusive film um it's outlaw king which is directed by David McKenzie, who people might know from um, Hell or High Water. Uh, he also has had a hand in writing other films as well. It stars Chris Pine, uh, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, Florence Pugh, uh, Stephen Delane, and a few other people as well. It's a film about Robert the Bruce, who was a, well, was a Scottish um, outlaw king and folk hero, Everyone probably has a basic knowledge of this. Um, set in 1304, it's a historical epic about his struggle to keep Scotland uh, independent of England. Uh, it's set in the aftermath of William Wallace uh, being defeated and eventually killed. So I suppose you could call this a sequel to Braveheart, <laughs> even <laughs> though it's not really connected in any way. I think Netflix must have paid a lot of money for this because it's, it, you know, it's quite a big production and there aren't any expenses spared, really. Now, I went into this with, you know, I've seen Braveheart. Um, I know a little bit about the history. And it, it is something that's worth putting on film, I would say. Uh, but in total, I didn't have a great deal of knowledge. So I can't really comment on the historical accuracy. Uh, I would imagine a few things that happened probably didn't happen. I would say that this one was actually a little bit better than I expected. Now, I'm not going to be... I can't give it a positive review, and I would like okay. to, having been disappointed by Fantastic Beasts. Um, but I went into this with fairly low expectations, and they were exceeded. Um, the film has a way of keeping the action at times epic, but often quite low-key. But I don't mean that in a negative fashion, because... Around the time, you know, we look at armies in like Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones, where they have thousands and thousands of people battling. Now, some some battles did happen like that, but often not with the numbers you see in these films because there weren't that many people. Um, so often battles, you know, grand battles would be between a few hundred people or maybe just you know, ten or twenty people. And um, this film does seem to take that into account. The it's suitably brutal when it needs to be. 
And to be honest with you, the, the performances are, are, are pretty sound, really. Um, Chris Pine, an, an American playing a Scot, is um, is fine. I mean, the, the, there's there's no hint of a dodgy accent. He doesn't particularly do a you know a really rambunctious Scottish. He just tends to go for a very low key Scottish accent, and it works. It's fine, and he's good in the role. Aaron Taylor Johnson as uh, Douglas. Is, is excellent actually, particularly psychotic at times. And the entire film is it's just quite entertaining, really. I mean, at times you might call it meandering when it's um, when it's kind it kind of get, almost giving you a bit of a, a history lesson in between the action, and that's probably where the where the film kind of drops apart a little bit. Uh, but all in all, I would I would call this an entertaining history lesson. That you know, uh, it didn't teach me anything massively new, but it's an interesting part of British history, or more specifically Scottish history. And um, yeah, I, I would say it's worth your time. Apparently, originally, if the first cut of it came in at something like four hours, whereas oh, Jesus. The, the final film is only just over two hours. So Christ knows what would it, it would have been like if they'd allowed it to go ahead like that. But um, I would say if if this is Genre-wise, up your street, it's worth a watch. If not, probably not worth seeking out. But definitely, you know, there's worse ways you could kill two hours. That that would be what I would describe it as. Cool. Um, yeah, I nearly watched this last night actually when I was <laughs> figuring out what to watch, and then went for western. So yeah, it definitely sounds intriguing. It is a genre that I'm interested in, so I think I will seek it out and watch it. And also, it's definitely a part of history that I know very little about. So it's um yeah i mean it, also it doesn't actually what what's quite interesting is it doesn't um in a way that was irritating in braveheart you know braveheart is so i, I don't know on the nose if you like you know like oh it's these english bad guys and this scottish freedom fighters which is it is probably pretty much partially true but um when this one doesn't really take that line it just kind of takes the line of you know these are people who have the power of trying to keep it and these are people who would like the power it's mm. not as um, not as bombastic as Braveheart, which I know gets under some people's skin. But um, I would say it's probably the better film. Obviously, it's not going to win awards like Braveheart did, and I've never understood why Braveheart did win those awards. But um, I would say this is probably the better film, in my opinion. Cool. Okay. Big uh, claim. Better than Braveheart. <laughs> Stick I mean, it in the box. I mean, um, David McKenzie, the director, is he's a bit of a rising talent, if you like. He... Um, and said he he is Scottish, which is why he's come to like Hello High Water. I thought was one of the more underrated films of last year, um, but he also wrote Starred Up, um, starring Jack O'Connell, which was very good. Uh, he seems to be on the rise, anyway. Um, he's one to he one to look out for, definitely. Cool, that's good. And um, yeah, it's good that um, I guess some. I feel like Netflix seems to give directors sometimes for for worse a bit more of a free reign. Yes. Um, some, which definitely sometimes results in bad films, as in, uh, <laughs> um, ugh, what's the one I'm trying to think of? Clo- the Cloverfield one. Oh, think, um, needed someone to edit it and uh, rein it in. To, or to, be just... fa- to be fair, I would say on on that example, I think that was just a case of them buying it when nobody else would. Oh uh, right, okay. But I know what you mean. Um, it, it happens with their TV shows as well. Now, letting creative people have free reign is a good thing most of the time. Mm-hmm. I think you know that's how you get the most creative stories. That's how you get um, real genre d- 
defining narratives, but um, sometimes you just need you need a little person on on your shoulder who will tell you no, that bit doesn't work. Uh, so I think probably the ultimate method would be slight studio pressure, but not lots mm. of it. You know, enough that you keep it so it works. But then again, sometimes you you wouldn't get some really experimental films with any studio pressure. So I don't know, it's a tough one. Yeah, definitely. Both both can result in bad and good things. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, yeah. Dep- um, depending on how it's done. I mean, Netflix seemed to be on a good run, though. I mean, I, as I said, I was fairly entertained by this, and I really, obviously, love The Ballad of Bust- Buster Scruggs. Um, in December, you've got Roma dropping, which is the really highly touted Alfonso Cuaron film. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you've also got a new, f- kind of what sounds like a little bit like a horror thriller film called Bird Box, Starring Sandra Bullock. It sounds like it may be in the same kind of subgenre as A Quiet Place about creatures where if you see them, you instantly die. So people have to walk around blindfolded to survive. Um, okay. Sounds curious. I don't know. If, I don't know if that'll work on it, but you can tell that they've made a real effort to really up their game when it comes to original movies. I just wish. I know it's kind of their format, so they're going to put it on TV, uh, sorry, on Netflix, but it would be nice if they even gave it a week at the cinema. You know, so you've got the option of paying mm-hmm. to go and see it at the cinema, or you can see it on your Netflix subscription. Because I would happily see some of these films at the cinema, especially, obviously, on an unlimited card. Um, I mean, I've got a nice big telly, so, you know, I kind of get the cinematic experience, but it's still not quite the same, is it? No, it's never going to be quite the same. For sure. You got any plans this week, Clive? Any cinema trips or? Um, I've not specifically. I still haven't seen the the Queen biopic, so that might be on the cards at some point. Okay, yeah. I know there's um the Girl in the Spider's Webs has come out, hasn't it? Uh, or yeah. is coming out. It, that's uh, one that I might see, but I've got to say from the from the trailer, it doesn't particularly appeal to me. It, okay. it look it looks like she's turned into you know some female Jason Bourne, James Bond. <laughs> Um, whereas the original character is, you know, is nothing like that. Uh, when mm. you look at, I mean, she, she's a a mastermind hacker and somebody who can hold her own, but she's, you know, Elizabeth Salander is not some super spy. I, I might go and see it anyway, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not feeling vibes from that, not yet anyway. Fair. I mean, I've seen none of the others, so I don't know, but I might check it out. And uh, there's the a 750th release of uh, Robin Hood. Oh wow, yeah. Um, um, which I have no interest in whatsoever. But um, same, <laughs> unless it unless it turns out to be absolutely amazing. <laughs> I don't think uh, so. Not from I've seen a couple of. I haven't read any reviews, but I've seen a few scores, and it doesn't appear to be. Um, okay, right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they keep regurgitating that story. I mean, it, it's quite a good story, but it's not. You know, I don't think it's worthy of as many. For every it seems to be every five years as a new version. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that was one last year, wasn't there? Or at least in the last couple of years. I think it was longer than that. I think it was oh, like okay. 2011, something like that. But oh, okay. The one with, you mean the one with Russell Crowe? Yeah, I think that, that might be the one I'm thinking of. I thought there was one after, but I might be getting confused. Well, we've got, uh, we've got Ralph Breaks the Internet. Um, yeah. Ralph 2 coming, which I'm, I'm hoping will be half decent. Um, oh yeah, that should be out by the time. We might just about be able to squeeze it in before the next pod. We will see. Yeah, I'm hoping that'll be good. Also, Creed Two. Yes, I can't wait for. But um, we'll see how good that is. Yeah, same, definitely. 
hopefully we'll be able to squeeze one or two of those in before the next pod brilliant i think that um about sums it up we're coming up to a good cinema period so there should be lots of stuff coming out so we'll continue weekly you're not gonna be here with us next week al anyway are you i'm not no i'm afraid not um i'm gonna be in edinburgh taking in christmas markets and having a jolly good old time um we'll get michael johnson to deputize for me as long as he's available excellent Uh, yeah i hope so and he, I don't know what he's seen, but we'll get him to talk about something. He may even talk about some older films. Um, we'll get him along. Don't worry. Don't worry. Brilliant. Listeners. Yeah. Anything. It doesn't have to be recent. We just want him on. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. That well, would be fabulous. Clive, I think you better. I said we were all out of jokes on this one, so I think you better let the listeners know how they can contact us. Um. Well, well, well. There are many, many, many ways, and you're lucky because it's plug. Time! And I'm just stalling for time while I look for the sheet. Here we go. Right. Um, get in contact with the show, stickaroundpodcast at gmail.com. Um, or you can go to stickaroundpodcast.com slash contact for a form, um, which is the easiest way, I would say. Fill out the form. Submit. We get that as an email, and uh, we'll answer your questions in the next pod. As we're doing these um, film ones weekly now, it's a good way to get in contact with the show and get your question answered the week after. Um, which would be good and gives us some extra uh, topics for discussion. It doesn't have to be about what we've talked about this week. It can be anything, anything film-related you like. But, um, yeah, if you want to keep it topical, go for it. But otherwise, you know, you can just ask us, well, what's our favourite such-and-such film? Whatever you want, send us an email. Um, stickaroundpodcast.com, for, we've got every episode on there. We've also got um, articles that we write, so film reviews, things like that trying to keep up with that we usually put our uh, top 10 lists of each year up on there so those are all exciting to read if you've not read our 2017 lists for, for the various things we do games tv etc etc um at stick around cast on twitter please follow us on there um you get updates about articles we put up about every episode that goes up we'll mention on there anything we do we post it on the twitter so that's the best way to keep on top of things and um, you can get the same thing from slash stick around podcast on Facebook if you don't have Twitter. Even if you have Twitter, just give us a like on Facebook. It all helps. Stick around podcast on Instagram for some pictures. If you want to throw some money our way, please throw it, sort of deflect it uh, via us to shelter. If you go to justgiving.com slash fundraising slash stick around, um, that's uh, where we're raising some money in our name for shelter. So if you could do that, that would be fabulous. We've also got... Um, we are now on Spotify. Super exciting. Search for Stick Around. Um, is it's only just gone up. We're quite uh, towards the bottom of the thing, so you might have to do some scrolling. Uh, but the, the longer we're up there, the more we should go to the top, as we are the only one actually called Stick Around. So, <laughs> God damn it, Spotify. Sort yourselves out. So, yeah, go on there. Give us a follow. That would be really useful. And it's a really good way to listen to the pod, especially if you're a Spotify user. Very convenient. iTunes review. Give us an iTunes review. I know it's a bit old now, iTunes. But give us... Five stars on there, and it really does help us with our um, just the, the exposure we get because we do notice the numbers, like I say, every week bump up every time we do get an iTunes review. So that will be very useful. I believe they're going to introduce Spotify reviews soon, which will probably do the same. Uh, but I'll I'll be sure to tell you when that happens and start whinging about getting Spotify reviews instead. But, and, and I think that is about all the ways you can interact with us. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take a rare, rare step here to advise viewers to shop in two massive stores. Wow. Uh, so okay. please, please shop in B&Q and Sainsbury's. Uh, not because you know they're any better than any of the shops, but there was a new story this week where um, a group of landlords, so the Landlords Association, which is 
a big body for landlords in the UK, have decided that they are boycotting both shops because both shops are supporting the charity Shelter, which is the most absurd uh, (laughs) example of fucking dickheadery I've ever heard in my life. But not Uh, all that surprising from the Landlord Association. Just teach teach these parasites a lesson. (laughs) And um, please shop in those stores. Um, Not because... I'm I'm sure B&Q, Sainsbury's, whoever else is supporting Shelter, I'm sure they do their own bad stuff as well. You know, you don't get that big without fucking some people over. But at least they're doing something partially good. And if nothing else, just do it despite these absolute (laughs) cunts who um, would go against a homeless charity. I mean, seriously. Yeah, I mean, they're the kind of people who have put us in this position anyway, so... Absolutely. Or put many, I say yours, put many people in this position. We're not we're not homeless, thankfully, but put many yeah. people in the position. And it's obvious, even if, you know, you don't need to read any articles, it's obvious that it's increasing. Just walking around Sheffield, it's getting... There's more and more homelessness, and it's incredibly obvious to, you know, to anyone with a pair of eyes... Um, which seemingly the government don't have. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so help out, help out, because the government's not going to do it, yeah, so you do it. <laughs> fuck, fuck landlords. Yeah, definitely uh, fuck landlords. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure there are some good landlords, but, you know. I mean, the whole idea of it kind of rubs me up the wrong way. But, yeah, I mean, you know, having a second house that you rent out. Ugh. Yeah. Don't like the idea of it, so. No. Well, but, yeah, there are, there are some that are fine, I'm sure. But Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but these ones definitely aren't definitely so, not go. definitely not yeah <laughs> fuck them um anyway on that note of anger uh we'll leave it there um he's been clive fisher i have and i've been alex wayne uh, thank you very much for listening come back next week i won't be here so you know good good week to listen um <laughs> remember, say that, but... re- remember to stick around stick around <laughs> Kuna Matata Thank you all for listening Rest assured that you have found The best podcast in the universe It's Stick Around